0: Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, Arthur Blank had to address all of that.
1: This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day to the Atlanta football party, your home for the best Falcons football talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere, but right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNFL and use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And of course, This Atlanta football party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Arthur Blank had a press conference Friday to answer questions about the hiring of Raheem Morris. But were all the questions surrounding the hiring of the Falcons' 19th head coach actually answered? We'll talk about that and whether or not we can take some inspiration from what the Falcons saw in the Super Bowl last night. And, of course, we'll wrap up with the halftime show we knew we needed. Just five years ago. But first let's talk top three with JD Tory and Free Jarvis. You said, hmm, have we actually cleared up the Bill Belichick question for good?
0: Yeah yes, absolutely. Now and, and I'm glad that you know Arthur Blank addressed it so we can go and so we can move on. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like he shouldn't have because you know there was a report that, you know, um Arthur Blank Arthur Blank had offered Bill Belichick the position. Now, granted, like I'm putting a couple of factors here, right? Let's look at it. Bill Belichick the interview for one position.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we knew that he wanted to coach, right? He wouldn't yes. have taken two interviews with his organization if he did not want to, you know, be a head coach of the team. And for it to get out there that he was offered a position and Raheem Morris is the head coach, that is, you're insinuating that he turned down the spot, which makes no sense whatsoever. So I feel mm-hmm. like, Arthur, Bl- I'm glad Arthur Blank addressed it, but I really, really feel like he, he didn't have to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of those where we knew kind of out of the gate. Let's just kind of answer the question or really just tackle. And I'll use Coach Raheem Morris's words, the 800 pound elephant in a room. This is just a different elephant, if you will. But it was one of those. Let's just get that out of the way. Similar to me, Tori, where the Falcons did a good job with both David Bassett and Greg Beatles coming out of the gate. And explaining to us what was going on with Mr. Blank and why he wasn't there and then immediately giving the reins over to Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot for that press conference. So I think that's good that that question was explored. It was addressed. It was answered. And I feel like we can all kind of say, okay, let's move on. There's no story there. It's time to go. But there was a story for another intriguing aspect of both. Coach Morris's press conference last year. And of course, what's coming up? We know, Tori, we're two weeks away from the NFL Combine. Free agency is not far behind it. Neither is the draft. So there was conversation and you asked a question and you felt like, hey, the answer about Q, QB1 left no crumbs. Yeah,
3: I, I was really interested. You know, you talk about like we had all these talking points that we needed to talk to Arthur Blank about and we needed to talk about organizational structure and the movement of Rich McKay to, to kind of off of day to day football operations we needed to talk about what Jarvis is talking about like the bill belichick elephant in the room so all those things that covered and then about halfway through it's like all right like now let's start looking ahead and you can't look ahead without talking about the quarterback you just yeah. can't that is the biggest question facing this organization this franchise where it is right now um and i asked because i was curious because in raheem morris and terry Fontenot, like their that introductory press conference they said that their conversations about the quarterback position had been like brief and in passing and that those plans will be developed in the coming weeks. And so I was kind of curious if you're Arthur Blank sitting there as the owner of this franchise. It's like how long what what type of leash is there in terms of like getting a QB one plan together and to him to kind of evaluate where they want to go and what they want to do. And and I asked him that and he, he had a really interesting response where he said this is essentially not something that we can use a year to strategize about like that that's where this organization is right now they need answers sooner rather than later in terms of the quarterback position especially the starter and kind of revamping the room I think as a whole too and he even said in the same breath in the same answer where he was like look I can tell you there's not a plan right now like it, there, you know, it's not been fleshed out. And to a certain extent, it's like all of those conversations are active actively happening. Like they're having their, they literally last week were having their February scouting mini- meetings to go over draft prospects. So mm-hmm. these, these, are th- these are conversations that are happening. And, and Arthur Blank even said, you know, these these conversations are really going to pick up steam here in the next couple of weeks because they yeah. have to. Because mm-hmm. all of those things that you're talking about are going to be on us before we know it.
1: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Tori, because I feel like that was maybe one of the questions from Raheem's press conference that most of us walked away. We didn't feel like we got enough of what that meant to us. And I think just hearing a little bit more about that from Arthur Blank kind of closes that loop, especially because I think we can all agree on this this podcast that this team is close. Like this team has pieces. This team is not even to me. They're they're closer to moving on to the postseason, then they are moving backwards to a reset or a rebuild or whatever re you want to call it. So I think to know that there's just that one. And if you can really just shore up people's uh, thoughts and kind of give some confidence around the fact that we know and we're not here to play the two or three year game, we're already kind of played that. And it led us yeah. to seven and ten, seven and ten, seven and ten. We're now ready to make that step forward. I think that's really good that uh, Arthur Blank was able to really round out that conversation for us because I know it was kind of a lingering question for me after Raheem's press conference as well. And Aaron, you look at it to, to, from a totality perspective. I think the other thing is just the good of seeing that Coach Ra's coaching staff rounded out fairly quickly. Uh, there's a lot of good, a lot of positive feedback about names, whether the experience or no, That that's not the point, but the names and the the credentials and the pedigree that so many on his coaching staff bring to the table. I think that was a real positive as well. And just talking about coaching, the coaching staff was a part of that press conference conversation too.
2: Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that Blank brought that up talking about how he kind of linked Dan Quinn's failures in Atlanta because he wasn't able to sort of maintain the coaching staff after the departure of Kyle Shanahan and, and Blank brought that up. And sort of, I think that's one of the criticisms that you've heard about the Falcons hiring Raheem Morris, which is like he's a defensive-minded coach, although we know he has experience on both sides of the ball. But you know he's not necessarily going to be um, calling the plays on offense, and that's kind of what's been sort of the new hotness, I guess you could say, in the NFL when it comes to NFL head coaches. Yeah. And so the fact that Arthur Blank was bringing up the idea that many of that many of the coaches that Morris has hired are sort of in this sort of pipeline similar to what you've seen with like Sean McVay with the Rams. And that was one of the things that Raheem Morris learned uh, over the last couple of years of how to sort of not only hire a good staff, but also set it up so that you can basically promote from within if, and when you lose some of those staff members, which we've seen happen a ton to the Rams over the last seven years. Uh, And hopefully, you know, it's not necessarily a great thing if that happens, but it usually means that the Falcons are successful if people are getting jobs elsewhere. So like you kind of want to see that happen uh, in Atlanta as well in the future. So I thought that was interesting that Arthur Blink brought that up in the presser.
1: Yeah. And I think that kind of mirrors itself to continuity as well, because you got a nice mix that he has. Like Raheem retained a decent number of members of Arthur Smith's coaching staff while infusing more coaches that had that kind of potential to be that next guy who, you know, how we say each year, ooh, that's the hot guy in the coaching cycle for head coach, or that's the hot guy to move up from uh, the assistant to the the coordinator who's going to be calling the plays. So I love the, the blend there. I think that's going to bode well, but I also think the blend, to your point, Aaron, is going to be a lot in the affirmative of when, because we do know Several of these guys are going to part ways within at least, I'd say, the first two or three years. Like Zach Robinson, I don't think anybody's prepared for him to stay for the duration of time that Raheem Morris stays, for example. But I think if that happens, like you said, it's all—it's just like corporate America. I mean, you're always supposed to have a succession management plan, and if you have that plan, when these things happen, then you can just continue to move along with your strategy and your schemes more smoothly. Now, speaking of. A succession plan and a guy that parted ways with the Falcons several years ago may not have come out like he wanted it to last night, but certainly we know that there's some blueprints that we can take away from what we saw in Kyle Shanahan's performance as the head coach of the 49ers, but also maybe some takeaways from what we saw from the Chiefs that can also be encouraging to this Falcons team. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side. And this episode of our Locked On, or Atlanta football party, rather, uh, Locked On Sports is brought to you by Prize Picks. So Prize Picks, as we've mentioned to you, is America's number one fantasy sports app. With over 3 million members, we are the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Now, it's demon time on prize picks. You can now win up to get this 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest way, most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money, again, with as little as four correct picks. So you think about this. If you were someone who, for example, picked that, like, Jarvis and I actually did, that McCole Hardman was going to be the X-Factor and he was going to be the guy to probably score the touchdown, the game-winning touchdown, or be the one who put the Chiefs in position to win that game, then you might have actually gotten this right because the stat would have been that he was going to be responsible for a score or he was going to actually score. So if you want to get into the mix of that, Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I mean, what do you have to lose at the end of the day? Or locked on NBA now that they're getting really into the season, we're headed to the all-star break. That's another great place for you to make a few extra dollars on the cheap. And don't forget, Price picks is picking more and picking less, but hey, it makes it easy to get $100. All right, guys. So as I was looking at the game last night, I was thinking three times in the last five seasons. It's been Chiefs Kingdom hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Right. And whether you look at it like from the perspective of the unbelievable comeback against the 49ers that actually got KC into the position to win in overtime. Or you look at that fierce fight that San Francisco put up right until the bitter end kind of had you wondering, like, wow. How can the Falcons actually get there? So I ask you this question, Tori, did, did it give you encouragement to really kind of see a Chiefs franchise, a long suffering franchise, all of a sudden go on a tear like they've gone on these last five years and maybe say, you know what, the Falcons, if they put these pieces together in the right way, they can be that. Yeah. I mean, I think that what's so
3: interesting about the chiefs and the way they've built things is they have built sustained success over years and seasons, which I think in the modern NFL is actually really difficult to do. Um, I know I personally am kind of like (laughs) anti dynasty. Like I love that there is like parity across the league. It's why I think you have, kind of the systems in place with draft free agency trade and the kind of the different rules and regulations that you have with that. If we're just talking Mm -hmm. from a business standpoint, but the thing is, is like the chiefs just like the Patriots for about 20 years in the early two thousands, like this, these are two organizations that have been able to build sustained success and people are throwing out the word dynasty, like when they're talking about the chiefs. And I think like there's, it's really interesting too, because for me, it just go, and I think this way with like baseball all the time. Like it's when a team gets hot, it's not necessarily like that because I, I think the best team in the league in twenty twenty three, I thought the Ravens. The Ravens. I yeah, thought they the Ravens and, yeah and but they tapered off, and then you see a team like the Eagles who had just one of the most exciting runs last year lose the last seven games of the season. I mean, it's all about when you get hot. And for some reason, this Chiefs team year in and year out over the last, what, five, six, seven years have found a way to turn it on in the postseason. And that's like a mentality that you almost teach. And it's something that I think like if you're the Falcons kind of watching from afar, you kind of can believe in this whole idea of sustained success. And that it's not just like oh a like oh we're gonna like be good for two years and then we're gonna lose out on people who are retiring or moving off off of their rookie deals or whatever. No, this yep. is a team that has, over the course of six or seven years, has been relevant and not just been relevant. They've been winning, and I think that's yeah. hopeful for some for a team like the Falcons that are actively trying to build something that can sustain.
1: And I think that's a great point because and. D- don't don't throw rocks at me through the through the uh, postcast the podcast. But I think the Saints were actually probably the best example within the NFC South because I think once they actually finally got it together and got their Super Bowl, they stayed they maintained a level of superiority over even if they didn't win the NFC South every season. They're probably the longest sustaining of the four teams in the division. So it goes back to what you're saying, Tori. Not every year is going to lead to a Super Bowl, obviously even with the Chiefs, we're not talking about a three-peat, we're not talking about five straight Super Bowl appearances, but we are talking about three in five seasons, and that there's a level of sustainability, or even with the 49ers, Aaron, just going back to that NFC Championship game and trying to get back to that Super Bowl and trying to erase the memories of, you know, 49ers, Ravens, always being in the conversation to be able to get there is huge, too, and taking nothing away from what Brock Purdy was able to do, but I do want to give credit to Patrick Mahomes. A lot of it is also going back to what you asked Tori about with Arthur Blank and that's getting the right guy under center because Aaron, a big part of what they were able to do is was for Patrick Mahomes, not that he's older, but he is kind of like an elder statesman and for Travis Kelsey to get in that room with a Rasheed Rice and say, Hey, you know, let me teach you how to be that guy. I know you're a rookie, but you're a bad, bad guy. And let me, tell you about game time and slowing the game down for you or getting Marquez Valdez Gantling back to the mindset that he had for maybe a season or two ago. I think all of those things are huge and sustainability is probably the most encouraging thing from what you saw yesterday, uh, devoid of maybe an actual Super Bowl win.
2: Yeah. I think when you're talking about sustainability, you're, you're talking about quarterback play. That's the thing yep. that allows you to ha- be stable for a very long time, because we know that these guys we saw it here with matt ryan 14 years you think that you know patrick mahomes can play 14 plus years we saw tom brady do it for what 22 years or whatever whatever ridiculous (laughs) number uh he he played at for a long time um and so when you talk about that sustainability of why a team like the chiefs can sort of weather all these different storms and i think the success of the chiefs is You know, when it comes to, oh, we need to fix our defense, they were able to do that. We need to fix our offensive line. They were able to do that. And when you have a team that has the best quarterback on the planet and you are pretty consistently good at solving problems, you know, that's going to allow you to sort of come back year after year and, and be in a position to do this. And to the 49ers credit, like, you know, they haven't necessarily had the stability at the quarterback position that the Chiefs have had, but they've been pretty good at doing the other thing everything with else sustainability right. you know I guess for them their Patrick Mahomes is is Kyle Shanahan right with yeah. the play calling and you can kind of figure it out at the quarterback position because you believe that that guy's going to be put in a great position to succeed so I I think sustainability is is key for both of these teams uh and and if the Falcons hope to match it then you know they gotta find the right coach uh, hopefully they've done that yeah. now and then they got to find the right quarterback and um that should allow them to have the success to be able to get multiple bites at the apple that I think you need if you really have any intention of, of winning a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think one of the things that I think you bring a great point and I think we all kind of get, get into the same thing as far as you need to talk about sustainability, right? Like what does that yeah. look like for the Falcons? Yeah. Because I know watching the game last night, I'm like, okay, I basically broke it down to this. Like, all right, we can find Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, find Michael Jordan in the draft and, and, and draft him or, We can say, hey, let's build a team. Let's get a a collective team because there were so many moments in that game where I felt like the 49ers were going to win. And T, before you walked out of of the door of my house, you said it. Like, man, 49ers feel like they're going to pull this bad boy. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, Yeah. me too. And then I saw Mike. (laughs) And I was like, hop on the field. It's yeah. like, oh, I oh, got three points. Oh well down three points. Oh man. right. Like, and he just looks so cool, calm and collected throughout the entire game. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, like the I can understand the calmness that Andy Reid had because he put it on display, it was on full display last night. Because if Travis Kelsey would have run up on me like that, like it would have been an issue. You know, because like you don't run up on Andy Reid. Andy Reid is like the most yes. level coach, you know, right. that you could possibly think of. So I think that, you know, when you break put it down like that as far as like, OK, let's see if we can go get Michael Jordan or let's see if we can just build his team and we can get a guy that can come in and make the necessary plays to at least get us to the Super Bowl. Because we know at the end of the day, anything can happen. But man. Like, unless 15 is up on the center, you know, like he's gonna be to figure out how to get a, get, get a win. And, and I think that overall, the Falcons have should have some hope. They should be yeah. able to say, you know what, we can get that sustainability. We can build a culture, you know, from a, a, even from a culture staff standpoint. Because, yeah, Magnolo, like, I think he needs to get a lot more credit. People start starting to come around on that, but I feel like he needs to get more credit for what he's been able to do with that defense because we know where the money is. The money is, is right there up under the taking snaps at at quarterback. And you got to be able to navigate that, especially when you're talking about a half a billion dollar contract. So, yeah, I feel like the Falcons, they got a lot of – they got some big decisions to make because, you know, the the route that you choose is going to determine your future, like, really quickly. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. And the thing is, too, I was looking at, like, cap stuff because around this time I always, like –
0: of course I don't know yeah.
3: you. You gotta look at it. Um it's out. I love it. Yeah. No, you, I legit will just like go down rabbit holes with it sometimes. But really, <laughs> really, like the longer I'm in this business, like the more and more that I feel like you can do pretty much anything towards the cap. You, oh, no can, make you can make things make that cap
1: work for you. You yeah. can
3: make it work. And at the Falcons are, I think, at a really healthy level in terms of mm-hmm. like cap space and what their contracts look like. The guys that they do have under contract, so they're in a really good spot to essentially do what they want to do at that position. I really do believe that. And the problem is, and, and it's like, and this is the issue that they got in, what, five years ago, after the mm-hmm. last Super Bowl, you dole out these huge contracts for aging players, and you don't mm-hmm. necessarily are getting the success, and now you're pigeonholed because you have all this money in these individuals. And that's that's where they don't want to be. Yeah. Like, Because, again, that's something that the – the Chiefs have done, I think, a pretty good job of is oh, like yeah, yeah. they found ways to have money in the mm-hmm. bank. Like they found ways to still pay Patrick. You, the yes.
0: <laughs> they pay. We'll
1: win a chip.
3: Yeah. yeah. You, you gotta like give credit where credit is due, where yeah. they have made the cap work for themselves. Right. And it's like, the Falcons are at a really, really good place in terms of the health of their cap, a place that they have not been
1: a mm-hmm. you know, very
3: long time. Yeah. And so you, you want to make sure that you have that level, talking about sustainability, like mm-hmm. level of sustained play on the field, but also sustained health in terms of an yes. organizational structure.
1: Yes. And I think when you look at and the Chiefs are probably the blueprint that many of us know, I I think I know their blueprint a bit better than I know the 49ers blueprint. It's all of the pieces of the puzzle, right? Because you have to start scouting when you kind of start figuring out Tyreek Hill is up out of here you have to make sure that that critical piece within your wide receiver room is you may not be able to replace him one for one but if you can at least replace 75 percent of what he does and you can still get a little bit more out of an isaiah pacheco in terms of the receiving game and other places that takes all of like you said the, the front office scouting team the the coach it takes everybody saying okay where is that position or where's that other position or those three positions where we might not be able to replace one for one minus quarterback, but we may not be able to replace one for one. But how can we get in that space? Oh, and then we go to the other side because we talk offense. But, oh, defense, we start getting uh jewels like Nate Landman, mm-hmm. you know, and or you'll get something, someone to fall in your lap, like Contavion Yeah, Keep
0: there labor.
1: it is. Exactly. So those Nate. Oh, right. You... No, but it's the truth. What it is, right? <laughs> right, and then Cantavias Street falls in your lap. So you look mm-hmm. at things like that but then you make positive moves ahead of time too to go out and get a Jesse Bates the 3rd and then he's worth he now he was worth the money. But you get a David anyamata and a Caden Ellis when you begin to put all of those pieces together, then you start talking about sustainability and most of those guys are also like you said Tori, very young pieces. That across time, you can expect to get returns on investments for some years to come. So, now speaking of return on investment, I don't know about you all, but my ROI is spending my 13 minutes in front of that TV. 15, 15 minutes. <laughs> I, <laughs> love I love it. I love it. My Yeah, see, I, I was so enthralled. That I didn't even know how much time I would spent standing in front of that TV going, oh, dear God. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about it on the other side. <laughs> okay. This episode of our Atlanta football party that we are having so much fun on today is brought to you by DoorDash. Now, when you think about DoorDash, last night probably would have been a perfect example of a time to use DoorDash if you weren't about that whole cooking, because everybody can't make a brisket like Jarvis. Let's just face it. So, if you didn't want to cook last night, DoorDash would have been for you, but you can use it at any time. You know, we've got an all star game coming up this weekend in the NBA. Trey Young is going to be in three of those groups. And it's great for you to maybe sit down, chill, not have to think about cooking while you enjoy a love and do his thing in Indy. Now you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code lot 23 Subject to ter- change in terms apply, of course, but at the end of the day, that's what we're all looking for. When the clock stops, we don't want the time to have to figure out what we're going to take the time to figure out what we're going to eat. We just want it to pull up right to us. Pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash. Chips, dips, nachos, you name it, they can get it to you. So again, don't forget, it's 50% off, up to $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change and terms, of course, do apply. Ooh, now for the fun part. And Aaron, I'm going to start with you so you can talk about how amazing that performer was to you last night. Because I know you were sitting there with bated breath waiting for that halftime show.
2: <laughs> I didn't know you were going
1: to start with Aaron. That's hilarious.
2: Yes. I love yeah, I, you know. I was. Look, you know, I'm a big fan of Ersher. Um, you, know. <laughs> you know, like we, we do this thing. At, at the Super Bowl party I go to, where we basically come up with five songs that we think the person's gonna sing, and whoever gets the most right, you know, wins oh, cool. a small prize or whatever. Nice. Uh, and that. um, I was I, I was so upset. You know, there was a one downside. I, I only got four out of five. Usher didn't play. Uh, you remind me, and I was like, oh, Usher, what, yeah. are, what are what are you doing? You know, you know. But that was the only downside of that entire performance that I I didn't get five out of five. Um. It was a great performance, you know. As he said, he brought the what 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 was it? He said he brought the, the, world, the world to the, to the air. air. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, was, it was it was nice to get some love, you know. Given that the the last time Atlanta hosted a Super Bowl, it wasn't a very Atlanta themed halftime show, and I know that was very upsetting to a lots of folks. And we've seen what an Atlanta themed halftime show could potentially look like some of the, in some of the recent years, and um, it was it was nice to see that for mucher.
1: Was he top five for you as far as all-time performances? Or is it too early, too soon to know?
2: I mean, I'm having a hard time thinking of four others that would be better than this. So Beyonce let's go with top and
1: Prince, five.
3: I feel like have always been one and two for me. Beyonce yeah. when she headlined, and then Prince, of course. Like, yeah. but other than that, like I mean, the Shakira J Lo one was cool because yeah, that, it was cool. that was cool.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That like was, that,
3: was, I that was, thought that was cool. And then I thought like uh the um, the hip hop one from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Dre, Mary uh, Jane. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Snickering. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I-, I thought that was cool, but like, I would put it in the top five. I had yeah. so much fun. Like, yeah. I mean, The man was, he was doing great. He needed a towel, but like, he was giving <laughs> it his all. And Swim like, up. I was having so much fun. It was so funny because it was like, um, the, ro- the roller skates, that's when the performance really changed. Yes. That's yeah. when
1: it went from Usher to Ursher.
3: Right. Yeah. When <laughs> yes. you put those skates on. And honestly, like, got to give it up for Alicia Keys. She was stunning. That yes. outfit was stunning. Oh, was my goodness. Killing yeah. it. I was just like, my boo. I, the whole, like, <laughs> You're in your element. In my soul. And it. then, like, her coming out, I thought Luda, okay, I, y'all know we were there. Luda has repelled from the ceiling before and performed. So yes. I was yes. fully Relax. expecting the man to, like, as soon as I was like, all right, Luda's coming. Like, where is he? Like, I was looking up. There, were, I didn't think that he was just going to, like, walk up. I thought he was going to be crazy, but it worked. It was so so good I mean I I was really I was really happy with it and it's like yeah. I think all of the songs that like our generation um like I put all of us in the same generation but yeah. like
1: all of us this is what you want yeah this was yeah. It. like we is. are we are the people that they were marketing yes. towards yeah exactly I was like mission accomplished like yeah. you're talking about three decades of Usher and yeah. so many people have like some experience, some tie into at least you know one song or one album or a couple albums. Or or yeah,
2: yeah, and As I think really,
1: right. I think yeah. I was you know I was gonna give a shout out to her because I have one comment. I promise we're gonna close up with that. But yeah, like literally, uh, just watching him and people being able to say like five 10 12 songs that he didn't even get to and right. he still just chopped every song to get through that 15 minutes it's like an unbelievable catalog and if you're somebody who can see the nuances of everything that performance when you re put it on repeat it's phenomenal but Jarvis would you how would you think
0: so I the Luda, uh a uh, particular portion of, of the performance stood out to me because you know that's why I feel like it shifted. We talk about shifts, right? It went from Atlanta to Atlanta. Yes. You know, when it came out. Because, not because of Luda coming out, because you know, there are certain poles that go in certain places, you know, that you know, there are you know people that had to be them. subtly introduced. And, you know, they, they got subtly intersected into the performance in the camera shot. And yeah. I was just like, oh man. I remember, I had a flashback to a couple right. spots that I don't go yeah. to anymore. Imagine sitting into the chat. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like the polls have entered the chat. So, And yeah. we know what that chat feels oh. like or sounds like when, when they come into the place. So yeah, you yeah. was, yeah. was just so awesome. And then they start eight times stomping. And you, know, you know, like, you know, for those you who don't know, Tanitra came over to my house to watch the game. So the guys were kind of, seg- it was a little segregation going on. You know, the guys were downstairs in the basement. And I was so know, confused as to what to do yeah. with
2: myself. <laughs>
0: Right. And, and you know, and all, the, all the ladies were upstairs, you know, and I'm messing with them the entire game because my wife was was referring to as the Usher Bowl and all this yes. stuff. Like, man, yes. out, man, all that. So when the as the performance is going on, so there was a delay between the TVs, right? You know, whatever. So <laughs> like so when Usher took his shirt off, you know what I'm saying? You know, we all not impressed at all. Like, yeah, man, all right, man. All right, cool. I, I figured it was coming. And then next thing you know, oh my God, it's a dick. Stumping and everything, I was like, "What y'all doing up there shouting?" I'm just like, "Man, oh yeah, it was a church did. experience.
1: It was a spiritual experience. about? had the
0: church say amen.
1: We were praising the Lord. Yes, we were the for all of their, their beliefs
3: that they yes. they did not lie just to bring Shakira back in. Like he was also, I mean. Usher is just like, I just, I, lo- I love him. I love him. He just yeah. did it such a good job. It was everything that I kind of wanted the performance yeah. to be. And again, I know you said this to nature. I also tweeted it. Like, that was the halftime show Atlanta should have had. Like, yes. like no I firmly believe yes. that.
0: Yes.
1: We deserve that show. We deserve yeah. it. But I felt like we were... You know We were exonerated. in it. Yeah, we yeah. were like, yeah, we totally. And there We were, were represented. So many, right. And then there were so many elements that he brought in. And granted, you know, brought in the more popular current um, HBCU band in, in Jackson State, not necessarily Cluck Atlanta. And Morris Brown is still kind of, you know, resetting itself. So I get that part. But it's the, most, <laughs> it's the most popular band right now in HBCU land. So that was the appropriate kind of thing to do. And then to bring in Jonesboro. I mean, can you imagine those kids for life? they're going to be able to say they performed at a Super Bowl with Usher. I mean, that is so crazy to me. And then like, everything he did, everything has a nuance to it. So even like the colors, red, white, and blue, Alicia Keys with red, and then white and blue and the black, it's Black History Month, but red, white, and blue is the patriotic piece. Like everything he does is so precise. He thinks about everything. And so someone was saying today, like, oh, I mean, you know, well, it was kind of good. Just wasn't my genre. That's not the point. If you understand the nuance of entertainment, then you understand that it was no, uh, uh, pun intended, it was an A plus Performance like wire to wire, and I'm not just saying that because that's my favorite performing the whole world But yeah, like I just he for for me, you know he he delivered. Like if if that is your favorite performer, to see them deliver is awesome. And you know, Tori, I'm sure you can attest to the same when you see Taylor Swift. Like yeah, you know she's your favorite, but when she delivers, it still makes it on ten. And I got to give her just a quick shout out. Thirty seconds left, and we'll, then we'll be out of here. But for me. I, you know, I wasn't. I'm not about like panning 47 times, but I am about that panning at the end of the game when there's some genuine love shown to your man for a job well done.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, and all those people saying Taylor Swift was a distraction. Mm. Come on! They won the freaking Please. Super Bowl. Like, yeah. let's be with let, it. it. It's not cool to hate Taylor Swift. I can it's tell you all that right Get now. Over. Everybody, can just yeah. stop it. Press like, on. let her live her life. <laughs> yeah. It's fine.
1: It really oh, my is. accident is coming out. Right, exactly. Yes, Tennessee, yes, just, yes. Tennessee just entered the chat, boy. Like, okay, y'all got Tory. Y'all got Tory Tory from <laughs> Tennessee Tory. So yeah, I like totally agree with you. Like, don't hate on Taylor. Like, if you you know, there's some things if you want to no, hate no. on, there's some more Whatever. important things in the world. So but I yeah, you know, world. yeah, move right along. But yeah, Ursher. We'll see you soon in Atlanta. Thanks for stopping by the Atlanta football party. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you tomorrow for the Atlanta football party. Dogs edition.